Hi, I'm Dr. Sonia Whitaker, host of the Sonia Whitaker Podcast 2.0. The purpose of this podcast is not to admire problems. The purpose of this podcast is to identify issues that are impacting education, either directly or indirectly, and to provide for you recommendations for how to resolve the issues that have been identified so that you may continue about the business of ensuring that all students gain equitable access to a quality education. Sonia Whitaker, Gracefully Broken. I want to start out by sharing with you that this particular podcast will, uh, with this particular theme and title, will be one of several, which I will release as I feel is necessary and appropriate to paint a very good picture of the experiences that I've had as a professional. With that being said, and in an attempt to be even more specific and clear, I have never been super impressed by people who represent themselves in the most favorable light, like all of the time. Um, There are many, many amazing educators and people in general that I admire and that I see doing amazing things. But I personally am only impressed by them to the extent to which they're willing to share their stories. You see, one thing about social media, which you all know I really have grown to love to use. Um, But the thing about that is what I have also grown to realize is that if I'm not careful or if we're not careful, we will unintentionally give people the impression that that life is perfect or that our professional career trajectory um, has been perfect on all days at all times. And and so I want to make sure as I evolve and continue to grow that I don't unintentionally give that impression. Because as I'm sure you know that doing the work that I do on behalf of America's most vulnerable students is not easy. It absolutely is not easy. And so again, while I have a tendency to take to social media and the like, for the lack of a better term, to share um, the things that I'm doing for the purpose of growing you and inspiring you, again, I want to make sure that I am doing an even better job of sharing with you some of the, not only the victorious times and the triumphs, but the failures um, that I have encountered along the way. And and forgive me for being redundant, but I, if I If you don't remember anything else about the work that I'm doing, I need to repeat that my goal is to inspire you. With that being said, uh, many of you are aware that I had the very, very distinct honor of delivering a luncheon keynote speech at a national conference just a few weeks ago, and it was unexpected. But I also want to share with you, with regards to my personal life, my children, I was going to say their names, but I guess I don't need to do that. You probably already know, but my 18-year-old and my 22-year-old son actually joined me on the trip. 
And that was actually not the plan originally. They have never joined me on a trip to a conference and they're grown now, but it's just amazing how things work out. And so going back to this speaking engagement opportunity that I had uh, at the national conference, I want to share with you some behind the scenes because again, many of you who follow me on social media and the like are aware of how it played out and its impact on me to the degree to which I shared it in writing. But I would like to share behind the scenes. And the reason why I want to share behind the scenes is, and I pause for a moment, because I am having a moment, is I am ready to go public with my faith. I am ready to go public with my faith. And I repeat that because I'm evolving right in front of you. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, Doc, it's like you're constantly reinventing yourself. And I agree with that, but I think a a more appropriate term is evolving. Now, before I get into the content, I want to share that when I state I want to go public uh, with my faith, the one thing that I want you to know is that I recognize and you see that people all over the world are going public with a lot of things these days. Not so much with our faith, though. And the reason why I personally have been hesitant to do so, I'm not even sure what that looks like. I just know what I'm doing right now. And I'm letting the spirit move me and use me is because I have always wanted to be careful about attempting to give people the impression that I'm perfect or to give the impression that other people are perfect. And uh, I'm 51 years old now. I am trying to be even more conscious about how I move around, how I think, how I roll out my content. But I think that it's important for people to recognize, people that are interested in me and my work, what actually moves me. And again, it goes back to, to faith. And when I say that I've been hesitant to do so, as I've indicated, it's important uh, not to give the impression that I am perfect because I am not. There is no perfect person. There is no perfect life. There is no perfect anything. But that doesn't mean that faith doesn't move me in every single way. And so I want to tie that into the experience that I had uh, in Orlando. And so now for the background to that. The background to that is that I was attending the conference, much like hundreds of thousands of other individuals. And um, while preparing to get myself ready physically to attend a workshop, I was out for a jog and uh, while out for my morning jog, which by the way, if you follow me again on social media, you'll see the post where I said I invited my two boys, children to join me and they said negative, but I went anyway, right? And um, so while on this jog, I, I looked down at my phone and I had a call and it was from a area code that I did not recognize. And I thought, hmm, that looks pretty important. 
And the person on the other end of the call asked me if I was at the conference, like literally wanted to know if I was in Orlando. And I said, yes, I am here. And she said, well, um, well, we need something from you. And within a few minutes, I was able to figure out who it was. And I respect this lady a lot. And so, yeah, I took the call pretty serious. I thought maybe she was asking me to to get to a session to pass out flyers, which because I respect the organization, I would have been, um, and I'm a worker bee, I would have been honored to do. Glad she thought of me um, for water, whatever. And I'm really not being facetious. I was just glad to to get the call and that out of the hundreds and thousands of people that were there to think that I was on the radar was a pretty cool, cool feeling. Uh, I actually, to be quite honest, was thinking then, well, if that's not it, maybe they want me to speak a couple years from now on one of the stages because this particular prestigious organization has a tendency to book their keynote speakers years in advance when they can. And so I would not be completely honest if I didn't share with you that I thought maybe that and hoped that maybe uh, that that was what the call was about, but it wasn't. So I listened carefully and I and I asked, what is it? What is it that you need me to do? I'd be happy to do it. She said, well, um, we need you to speak. We need you to deliver a keynote. And right away I said, okay, next year, September, when are you thinking? And she said, we need you to deliver a keynote today. And I stopped dead in my tracks. Like I literally stopped dead in my tracks. And she said, um, we want you to deliver the luncheon keynote. And I immediately looked at my Apple Watch and I said, hmm, I'm not sure if I said it out loud, but I know I sure said it to myself. I said, it's 1115-ish. When is the luncheon keynote? And she said, 1230. <laughs> and uh, I get the chills now just thinking about that call. And she said, I will never forget. She said, can you do it? And I paused and caught my breath and I said, yes, I can do it. So as you'll notice, if you follow me on social media, I literally ran all the way back to my room. So essentially I had less than an hour to get dressed, to shower, get dressed, curl my hair, put on my makeup, and then prepare a speech. But what you should also know is the boys were in the room. The boys were literally in the hotel room. And so I'm texting them while I'm running to say, this is what's happened uh, with your mom. I dreamed that this would happen one day. Like I always work really hard and I really strive to be ready in every situation. So uh, not to make more or less of the situation than it really was, but I do want to state that I really did dream that that would happen one day and that I really um, have always worked hard to be ready in any situation. So I um, I called the boys to give them a heads up. And then I, I made it to the room and I went through the process of getting ready, grabbed my things and made my way to the room that they had uh, at the hotel where I was to have a few minutes to prepare. And, and I really believe that not just the moment on the stage changed my life forever, friends and colleagues, it was the moment that I had in the room, in the small room preparing to go on stage that that changed me. And 
And really, I get emotional when I think about that moment. And let me go back behind the scenes again. I, I am very grateful to my, my colleagues and my superintendent friends who I literally called and text and said, listen, I know my my kids, my boys are not babies, but um, this is what's been asked of me. And if you could coordinate with them getting, making sure they're ready and that they actually get to the room where I am speaking so that they can hear their mom deliver this keynote on the spot, I will appreciate it. So I don't know how they did it. I just know my boys showed up and they were sharp and they were ready and they got a ticket to a sold out event. And I don't know all the details of how that went down, but I'm really cool with that also. So while um, in the room preparing for this particular speech, the moment that changed me was I sat and I deliver keynote speeches all the time. I have spoken to large audiences and small audiences, so that part was not new to me. But the things that happened in my deepest, most private moments well, were actually new to me. And so when I sat down literally, and my mind is going back to that space, I had about 23, maybe 25 minutes to write. Normally, I don't write a speech, but I needed to do so because my spirit really just led me not to doing PowerPoint presentation. And, and so I got a pen and a piece of paper. I just grabbed a piece of paper from somewhere in the room. And I I remember holding that pen in my hand and um and I started to attempt to write and my hand started shaking. And it was shaking uncontrollably. Never happened before to me in my entire life. And literally I sat at that table and I and I looked for a few moments and <laughs> at my hand doing nothing but shaking. And there are people coming in and out of the room, not many, just a few, but maybe they observed it, maybe they didn't. But the pressure was on because I knew that there were so many people out there waiting for me to come out and deliver the, the keynote. Um, so that that made me feel vulnerable because I wasn't going to use a PowerPoint presentation and I needed to, to write, but I couldn't. And then a few minutes later, I said to myself, I said, I'm okay, well, I'm not going to write it. Um, I have a gift. The gift was not given to, the gift is not one that I came up with. The gift was given to me by a higher being. And so I'm just going to kind of sit here and talk about, think and talk out loud about what I'm going to say because my hand is shaking and I cannot write. And I know that all of the people on the other side of that wall are waiting for me to deliver. And then I took my hand, I took my left hand and did something that I've never done before, really. And I held it to my mouth like my lips are the bottom of my chin. And so I want to pause and let you imagine me doing that. I'm in a room. And I'm literally holding the bottom, my bottom lip at my chin. And in my head, I said to myself, oh, no. I don't have any words. I don't have any words. It was like literally at that moment. 
in my professional career as a national speaker. At that moment, it dawned on me that I, I couldn't write. I could not write. I could not think to produce any words. And this is what I do all the time. And at that very moment, the minute that I looked up and I prayed if just for a moment, and really I just acknowledged out loud that I could not do the work, that I could not deliver without help from a higher being. And I am not lying to you when I say the minute, the second that I acknowledged that, it was like the floodgates opened. My mind became clear. The words were given to me. My hands stopped, my hands stopped shaking. I could write. And if you let the people in the audience tell you, they'll, they'd share. I tore the roof off the place. But what I believe with everything in my soul is that what he had for me was for me. And what he has for you is for you. And nobody can take that away. Nobody can assign it to you. Nobody can remove it from you. You are powerful. You are destined for greatness. And as long as you know from whom your blessings flow, you're going to be just fine. And so for me in that moment, one of the many most vulnerable moments in my entire life or career was that moment where I had to pause and recognize. As a woman said to me at that conference, she pulled me to the side. She said, you don't know me and I'm going to say something to you and then I'm going to leave. And she did just that. She said, Dr. Sonia Whitaker, this is just the beginning. And so I take her words and apply it to what I'm sharing with you now to suggest that in taking, in my case, my work to the next level, which it's happening. It's happening before my very eyes and it's happening before your very eyes. Someone else said to me, Doc, you're just putting it all out there. I'm pu I am putting it all out there because I want it to happen before your very eyes as well. But as it's happened at this point, in my life, in my professional career, I have been made to believe that it is important for me to recognize that the gift that I have of articulating my thoughts out loud, locally at the state level and on national stages, and I aspire to an international stage, 
is a gift that was given to me by a higher being. It has nothing to do with me. I have been chosen. I have been called to lead during such a time as this, which is the title of the keynote speech that I gave on that day. I thank you for listening to Sonia Whitaker, gracefully broken on so many days and so many ways. I look forward to being more vulnerable with you more often and sharing with you and not only my triumph, but my failures and disappointments along the way, along my equity journey, so as to be a great inspiration to you and them. Thank you for listening to the Sonya Whitaker Podcast 2.0. You can follow Sonya on all social media platforms at Sonya Whitaker, S-O-N-Y-A-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. Also, you can access her podcasts on her website, SonyaWhitaker.com. Click on live and on-demand radio to listen to previous podcast episodes.